No fewer than eight federal programs in four departments have to do with chemical safety and security. They're supposed to coordinate with one another and with the facilities they regulate. But as you might imagine, there's duplication, overlap, and fragmentation when it comes to dealing with dangerous chemical depots. Here with more, the director of the Homeland Security and Justice Team at the Government Accountability Office, Nathan Anderson. Mr. Anderson, good to have you back. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate it. And these duplicative programs do come under the purview, if not the purview, the eyeball of GAO. What's new about this one? These programs date back some years, and Homeland Security's got its piece, and other agencies have. Give us a sense of the tangle here. Well, there absolutely is a tangle, and these programs have evolved over time. There's a number of different departments involved, as you pointed out. In addition to the Department of Homeland Security, there's eight other programs that fall under a handful of different departments. Some are 30 years old and some are newer. The bottom line, though, is they all have their fingers in facilities that ultimately can have dangerous quantities of chemicals. And the other agencies besides Homeland are EPA, I'm guessing, is one of them. Yes, EPA has two programs that are involved. You've got the Department of Transportation with uh, pipeline safety. You have TSA, which also has a regulatory role in pipelines as well. And then obviously the big one, Department of Homeland Security. Yeah, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. They're in there, Absolutely. too. Absolutely. Department of Justice's uh, ATF um, also has several dozen facilities that ultimately fall under both the DHS regulations and ATFs. And to regulated entities, what does this look like? What's the effect on them? Well, you know, you can imagine if you're a regulated entity and you have to comply with a number of requirements, that's one thing, uh, particularly if you can kind of anticipate what those are. But when you're also hit with another round or two of of requirements, sometimes they are anticipated and sometimes they're not. You can imagine there is a regulatory burden. Now, I want to make sure I give proper credit to DHS and the Chemical Facility Anti-Terrorism Standards Program because it is a bit of a newer program than some of the others. And they recognized that in many cases there could be this uh, kind of duplicative information requirement. So in the paperwork that the regulated facilities are, are subject to, They are told that in many cases, the same information can be used to comply with multiple programs. But I think when we started looking under the rocks, we realized that while that may be true in paper, it's not always true in practice. And and one facility told us that the CFATS program, which is the Chemical Facility Anti-Terrorism Safety Program under DHS, did not accept a security plan that it had prepared to meet a DOT program requirement. Uh, And instead, they had to go back and prepare different paperwork that said the same thing. Yeah, and that's something that the government writ large, successive White Houses have talked about over the years, is the idea that at least from the outside, there should be a one-portal approach so that the entity dealing with government doesn't need to understand the arcane plumbing and overlapping programs that might exist behind that portal. That's the government's problem, but it seems like they haven't really lived up to that. But they do exchange some information, correct? You found there is a pretty good level of cooperation among them. Yeah, again, and you know, let's give credit where credit is due. Uh, there is an executive order on this, Executive Order 13650, that, that establishes this Chemical Safety and Security Partners Working Group. And that working group is intended to be a forum for sharing information so that those programs that do touch on the same facilities and, and engage with the regulated community from a couple different angles you know, can share information with the idea of reducing that duplication. And does that duplication and overlapping have a cost? Does it have material effect? on the government's ability to make sure chemicals are handled, moved, stored safely. 
your question brings up a really important point at the end of the day the intent of these programs is to ensure safety but there is a cost there's a cost to the regulated community you know those people who depend on the government functioning in such a way that is ultimately a, a smart way of doing business if they're having to duplicate their own efforts that's a cost to them and then i would also add it's a cost to the government when the government you know the right hand doesn't always completely know what the left hand is doing uh, so the government is doing twice what it should only do once We're speaking with Nathan Anderson, director of the Homeland Security and Justice team at the Government Accountability Office. And you've got quite a list of recommendations here, seven in all. Just characterize what they're all aimed at. Yeah, happy to. The seven recommendations do speak to the fact that there are a number of different federal entities involved. But the spirit or the essence of these recommendations is really to enhance information collection, to share it across the agencies to support more informed decision-making, streamline some reporting requirements for the regulated entities, and then take steps to reduce the duplicative efforts that are related to the programs. I'd be remiss to not bring up the security gap aspect as well, though. And we did find from a fragmentation angle that some programs that are kind of similar in wording are nevertheless exempted, or the facilities, certain facilities are exempted from the Chemical Facility Anti-Terrorism Standard Program. And when we looked at these, we found that uh, like drinking water systems and wastewater systems, while they have similar requirements under EPA, the way those requirements are carried out on the ground does not give the same level of assurance from a security perspective. And that's the fragmentation angle. And we have a recommendation that speaks to that as well, that the security gap needs to be filled. But essentially, you are ordering all the agencies to up their degree of cooperation with one another such that the outcome of this would be a more coherent type of regulation framework. Is that a safe way to put it? It is indeed. That's a good way to bottom line it. All right. And what do the agencies say? Are they aware of the fact that they're a little bit in the dark with respect to one another? I think the agencies recognize that they want to collaborate. They have a form collab for collaboration. What sometimes is the underlying root cause is the lack of available data. So they're not all singing off the same song sheet with respect to which facilities do require certain information. And so the federal departments and agencies that we directed our recommendations to uh, uniformly agreed these are steps that need to be taken. The one exception was EPA when we talked about filling those security gaps, but it's an important nuance. They said they didn't necessarily agree that they had to do an assessment to fill this security gap or identify those facilities where such security gaps may exist because they believe that the GAO report already did that for them. But uh, they, they are behind the spirit of the recommendation. Of course, the EPA leadership is going to change and will have changed since this came out. So maybe you'll get a different answer this time. Well, as a a matter of protocol, we give the agencies about 180 days to respond to our reports uh, formally uh, in terms of the recommendations that we've asked them to execute. And they'll tell us at that time uh, whether or not they will implement these recs. Got it. And in this topic here of duplication overlap, the GAO is about to come up with a list that it does every couple of years, right, of duplicative and overlapping programs. Do you know when we can expect that one? Uh, yes, that high-profile GAO product will be coming out here uh, within the next several months where we corporately identify a number of federal programs where there may be duplication, overlap, and fragmentation, and also cost savings. Uh, and the Comptroller General will be leading that charge very soon. I think President Obama once commented that one agency deals with smoked salmon and another agency deals with fresh salmon. I wonder if that's still the case. 
Well, the, that <laughs> outside that of your area, definitely, uh, th that point definitely does underscore what we're dealing with in this space, too. You know, when you have a, an agency that's dealing with explosives and then you have another agency that is dealing with chemical facilities uh, writ large, you do have this situation where there are uh, kind of different parameters around the program. And that can ultimately lead to some disagreement over the extent of regulation. But if you look at this through the, the lens of the regulated community, you know, what is fair to those who have to comply with these requirements? The point is, if they're already complying with one that does the same thing, maybe they shouldn't have to duplicate their investment. Nathan Anderson is director of the Homeland Security and Justice Team at the Government Accountability Office. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. We'll post this interview along with a link to his report at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.